Okay, mate, 40 here. What a wonderful time to learn some Torah from Mark Shapiro here. Topic, the rise of reform and the rabbinic response, talking about the 19th century. This is talk number three. So I, I don't know if it's correct that they're post-Talmudic. Uh, they, they weren't accepted as having the status of a Talmud, and obviously a lot of the information in there is from the Talmudic period, and maybe some of it's later, perhaps, but uh, it's not necessarily uh, clear whether that's the case. Okay, I have other things to say, but I'm going to uh, hold off on this till next week. I think... Uh, uh, even I'll talk about this book next class that I guess some of you have it. It's a collector's name. The Man and the Hebrew, uh, about uh, against Ramosha Feinstein. But uh, I'll get to that uh, next class. Uh, okay. Let me put this away here. And, uh, one of the things I want to discuss is this idea of violating Shabbos for writing a command. If we're going to a Tzadi, wait till you hear what I, what I have. Oh, well, one more thing I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, I also, in the class, I, I, I forgot about Alexander. I knew there were, I thought there was only one or two attempts on him. It turns out there were five attempts on his life before they actually killed him. So, uh, uh, any of them, uh, okay, let's uh, put this all away. Uh, I want to speak now. Let's return to what we are doing. We're talking about reform. Forward in that. At the end of last class, in the comments, someone asked about, uh, well, what about all the things that uh, reform that Orthodox Jews do that you can call that reforms as well? Right, every group reforms uh, over time. On um, Rabbi Slifkin's uh, website, he even had a post on this five dangerous reforms in Orthodox Judaism. I think I would put these as reforms because you have to distinguish So this is Natan Slipkin, and I think he's inspired or encouraged by Mark Shapiro to get a PhD. So Natan Slipkin operates uh, rationalistjudaism.com. He's a he's kind of a centrist Orthodox rabbi who's written a lot about uh, evolution and Judaism. So last year, you might recall that uh, a reform that uh, was all over the uh, Hasidic world. Uh, during COVID. The whole idea that uh, you could have weddings of a thousand people and have uh, come to show with hundreds hundreds of people and before the vaccine and not be concerned, people are dropping dead every day and not be concerned about that with Pikoach Nefesh. My, I said that that's, we are seeing an example of reform Judaism before our eyes, despite the fact that these people have owned Pekashas and Payas and everything. But if uh, you feel that Pikoach Nefesh has to be pushed aside, is Pikoach Nefesh is Doha, because he needs to go to the Rebbe's Tish. I mean, that's a form of reform Judaism. No comes down to, do you want to remain in the community? Right? If you want to evolve out of the community, then you can make all the reforms you want. 
you want to reform within the community, you have to you know, make alliances with people. You have to get on the same page with people. Right? You have to submerge your, your ego. You have to build friendships. You have to listen, compromise. Right? You have to do a lot of work if you want to reform and stay within the community. Depending how much longer we go in this series, we'll see the Rav Shamsham Hirsch had reforms also. And other Gadolim had uh, reforms. Shamsham uh, Raphael Hirsch, founder of modern Orthodox what Judaism in Germany in the 19th century. At, uh, this work. Rashal Berlin, we'll give the name Rav because uh, he, he was a rabbi, uh, but uh, Rashal. Shaul Berlin was a massive forger. A massive forger in. 19th century Germany. Berlin's uh, Sami Roche, and uh, I, I gave you the introduction. And uh, so the book was published, and here's the title page. Uh, and uh, it wasn't long after the book was published, and of course everyone bought it because uh, you have all these responses from Rishonim there. Once they started reading it, it became impossible to imagine that one of the important Rishonim, the Rush, as well as other Rishonim, could have written what appears in there. And a huge campaign was then launched against Shaul Berlin, who already was in trouble for the work he published against um, the, the Torah Supercile of uh, Rafal uh, of Hamburg. Uh, so all the rabbis started going up against uh, Shaul Berlin that uh, this could not be true, this had to be a forgery. They, I don't think they assumed that it was all forgery. They assumed he forged certain true vote. And the only one left standing for him was his uh, father. The Hassam Sofer termed the book Kizvei HaRosh. That is not Kizvei, the writings of the Rush, but the falsehoods of the Rush. Ramordechai Bennett of Nicholsburg. He, he's sort of forgotten today among most people because uh, the Hassan Sofer's the Hassan Sofer who looked up to him, but the Hassan Sofer um, then overshadows him. If you come with me to Central Europe, we'll see his kever. Uh, he wrote a sefer called the Parashas Mordechai. He really was a, a, a giant. Uh, uh, he also leads the attack against the Shaul Berlin. Today, all academic scholars recognize this work is a forgery. In fact, it's impossible to read the Bessamian Rosh in isolation from everything else we know about Shaul Berlin. How we, he, he leaves the rabbinate, he comes to Berlin, he uh, falls in with this Haskalah group. Uh, Haskalah is the Jewish and, Enlightenment. Uh, you have to understand it this way. But not all posts can recognize this. Bessami Rosh continues to be quoted as an authoritative halachic work by Poski who either are completely unaware of the history. So just because you're a rabbi doesn't mean that you can recognize a forgery. Uh, just because you're a rabbi doesn't mean that you're more righteous or less righteous than any other profession. Doesn't mean you're more or less honest, that you're more or less nice, you're more or less ethical. Alright? So, rabbis, you can can expect, depending on their education, they may have considerable knowledge in a certain area. doesn't mean that they have knowledge outside that area, right? They are like uh, any other class of intellectuals who, once they get outside their field of expertise, right, they can say smart or stupid things. And when I say unaware, that means they don't read Akronis, they don't know Mordechai Ben-Net, so the acronym talking about rabbinic sages about the 13th, 14th, 15th century the Rishonim 11th and 12th century great rabbis or they know but they don't accept it and as I showed you a new edition of the Bessamian Rosh was published in 1984 
here's uh, my copy of it, and I, I showed you last class the link that you can all uh, buy uh, this summing Roche if you uh, if you choose to. Right. So many people don't realize that this document's a massive forgery. So it's still quoted and cited. Um, it's at Mizrahi Books, uh, and the editor of this, who is a fine Talmud Chacham, his name is Ruven Amar. He uh, has a whole essay. Explaining why Shaul Berlin was one of the Gedol Yisrael. Meaning great, great rabbis of Israel. The Besami Rosh. He knows nothing about Shaul Berlin's history and how he was in with the Hamaskilim. But that's, uh, he comes out firmly on the... So the Maskilim are the, those Jews in the 18th, 19th century who embraced secular learning. So you can be a Talmudic scholar and a Maskil. But generally speaking, those who embrace secular learning are not so learned in Torah. Those who embrace Torah learning are not so secularly learned. On the side of Shaul Berlin, he sees them as falsely persecuted. Now, in the back of the book, this new edition, you have his notes. So it's kind of hard to imagine that these very smart people didn't recognize that this was a massive forgery. Right, but uh, a lot of people are book smart, but uh, not particularly wise to the ways of the world. Many, many pages, like 75 pages of notes, which are very helpful, because he, he, he calls attention to a lot of strange ideas there and then tries to justify it, and he helps us understand some of the stuff that's going on there. Uh, the book has the Haskama of Meaning approval. Yosef. Now, Ravavad Yosef, he knows that the Sun and Rosh is forged. Ravavad so uh, Yosef is probably the greatest... Sephardic rabbi of the 20th century. Writes about him, Ibn Omer, but he says that just like with the book of Ben Sira, the uh, Talmud says that you can take what's good in it. He, he says if there's a good star in the Besai Rav. So I remember going to see Avadya Yosef speak, and has a reputation of being such a brilliant man. <laughs> My reaction was, if he's so brilliant, why can't he speak English? But Avadi Yosef is one of those rare, great rabbis who also had a touch for the common man. Like uh, soccer teams would come visit him before an important game. He liked uh, Egyptian music, man of the people, and a tremendous Torah scholar and savvy political operator. Oh, you could take it, not because of Shaul Berlin, you're not relying on his authority, but if he makes a good suggestion and how to read a text, uh, uh, you can use it. Uh, but you're not relying on the books per se. And as I said, there's a big debate among the post not among the academic scholars. Did he forge the entire uh, volume? Yeah. So, big forger. Kind of a very weird, disturbing dude. And what's even more disturbing, the number of people who speak up for him. 